We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Hey, before we uh, before we dig into why he's number one, we got we to gotta rib JD a little bit after his hot take. <laughs> That's a good vote, yeah. No, no chance that Zlatan starts, then he ends up in JD's lineup. Right there. Week. It's funny how that works. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, please visit rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird, Skylar Redpath, and Jamie Bazo. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of Rotowire. Joined by Skylar Redpath today, on Wednesday, a little on the earlier side to discuss week eight of MLS fantasy. JD, uh, why are we even talking about Zlatan Ibrahimovic? Bazo is not with us today, <laughs> uh, but you can imagine there will be plenty of Zlatan talk. Before we get into week eight, Skylar, how did week seven go for you? Went pretty good. I could have done a little bit better. I believe I ended with 135 points. Actually, no, I think I was a little bit shy, shy of that, but I... Finished the week ranked 313, um, up to 217 overall. So gaining some ground, um, but still have a ways to go, I guess. I mean, I, anything less than top 100 for me is, is uh, not a good season. So um, I think I'm going to get there, though. Yeah, you're definitely, I mean, 
the split schedule obviously cuts the time down that you have to get up there, but you're definitely on the right track. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I'm looking at it now. I had 130 points last week. I had Captain Maxi Morales had, uh, Jan Hel Herrera, Tenor Holm and Cayenne's rounded out my DGW players. So pretty good haul from those guys. I mean, there are several different ways you could have spun it last week and felt like as long as you had Maxi locked in as captain, you were probably okay. Yeah. I finished at, uh, 124 moved up to 513 overall, which is like, I'm embarrassed, but I'm at least moving <laughs> in the right direction every week. So I feel like if I can, if I just keep moving up, I think I was in the 600s last week. So at least it was like a good move. I think I, I mean, basically if I hadn't nailed the two captains the last two weeks, like Maxi this past game week and Almiron, the one before I'd have no chance. And so it's almost like it doesn't even matter what else my team did because those guys were so good. I had uh, most of the same guys you had from, from New York City. I had I went Matarita in the first game other than uh, Callens because Matarita was cheaper, and that's the other thing I'm behind you guys on on uh, salary as well. So Matarita was so much cheaper, and it was obvious he wasn't going to play both games, but if he was only going to play one, like I was probably going to play him again, home against RSL anyway. And right. then he picked up the assist. Where did Callens end up? He finished with 10 points. 10, all right. Yeah, yeah Matarita so. ended up at 13, which uh, was almost as many as Herrera had for both games. But, um, yeah, captaining Maxi was was it. My my biggest uh, downfall from this week, from that, that one, was um, when Via didn't start. And, like, we talked about it on last week's podcast. Like, it was definitely possible he wasn't going to start. And kind of what would you do after that? And the great thing about the new format is you didn't have to make your whole weekend decisions on Wednesday when you saw that he wasn't starting. Right. So I basically just tossed him for whoever, you know, it didn't even matter. I just was like, I'm not playing him. So that's when I brought Matarita in because I had a fourth New York City spot to open. And then the weekend came and I was like looking at the forwards. There was uh, Joseph Martinez, like hurt his hand in training. I was like, well, is he going to play? I ended up keeping him. Um, I had Sapong and Nikolic, and when I saw the Chicago lineup, they put out basically like a B squad. I was like, I just was like, okay, I'll toss Nikolic, and I, instead of going with, Lade it was basically between Ladero and Vaco, and I was like, oh, I'll I'll go Vaco because like he'll have a ah. decent game, he'll get a price increase. Um, he had a horrible game. He lost three hundred thousand, <laughs> and then I ended up keeping Sapong, who I never get right. Like. Every single time I like consider Sapong and I'm like, I can't do it this week is when he scores his brace. And then when I finally like, okay, let's do it. Sapong, uh, three points, 500,000 K price drop. And like, and then I ended up playing Martinez. So like those guys combined got me seven points and it was just like, ah, oh, I just, yeah, <laughs> not working out. Yeah. Forwards in general last week were surprisingly tricky. I mean, it seemed like several of the big names, like Nicklich, Joseph Martinez, a lot of those guys didn't show up. So I don't think, you know, across the board, I think most players are affected by that. Um, so unless he went off the grid a little bit and picked a, a forward that came through outside of the, the big names, and I think you were fine. But, um, yeah, as far as bankroll goes, I'm up to 122. So I feel like I'm, <laughs> I'm ready to – I can – throw out some luxury plays pretty much week in and week out at this point yeah i was at or i'm i'm at uh 117.6 
and putting my lineup together this week uh, or earlier today, it was very clear that if I had like two or three million more, I'd be able, the team would be so much better. Like not even like kind of better, but like it would. I'm going from guys who I'm like hoping may start like defenders that I don't really want. Uh, you know, if I wanted to get an extra Kansas City guy, I I can't really do that. Now I'm looking at like Tolo because he's cheap, and I'm like, ah, oh, this is just such a killer. Like <laughs> hey, Tolo is not a bad play this week, though. I think I like he's not that. a bad play this week because he's cheap. Yeah, like, he's if he was six point three, you the, wouldn't take him. Yeah, the matchup. He's he was getting forward a pretty good bit mm-hmm. over the weekend. So against Minnesota, I think he's going to do the same. I think he's a pretty good play. I mean, especially if you're if you got to factor in, uh, you know, lesser bankroll. Right, uh, which I do. And right. <laughs> the well, let's jump into the positions. We might as well just go for it. Sure. Tolo's there. We'll, we can start with defenders. We'll go a little backwards this week. Um, do you see any situation this season where Zuzi won't be the top? defender i mean i think he's always going to be the top in terms of just a defender that gets involved in the attack and has probably the most goal scoring upside of any defender like he's always going to be the the top but i think if you're just looking at matchups um you know there's going to be some tough matchups he has on the road where i might like a a home defender a little bit more that has a, a better chance at a clean sheet and a guy that's picking up bonus points i might try to uh focus on that a little bit more than than chasing a Zussi goal but yeah I mean week in and week out there's always going to be that possibility that he he does what he did this past weekend just basically went on a run down the right side and just took it straight to goal did a little nice little deft chip over the keeper mm-hmm. and got his goal so I mean you're, you're always going to have that possibility with him um, but I, I mean I don't think he's going to be number one week in and week out I think you know that that's just going to be determined on matchups mm-hmm. and uh, where he's playing that kind of thing okay all right i'm still waiting for it though you and uh, <laughs> this, yeah you and... this week he's still, he's up there at yeah home against vancouver yeah it's a prime prime spot for both attacking points and a potential clean sheet with with uh, kai kamara out for vancouver so he's yeah. up there it definitely helps that you know he has that attacking upside in case he doesn't get the clean sheet like you really don't get that with any other defender right because they just don't play the role that he does um you and uh, JD both have Ikapara, uh as your third. Zuzi's obviously one. Your third defender. Uh, it seems like the the Kansas City stack defensive stacks are at least in play this week, home against Vancouver. Do you think you'll go two or three deep? Yeah, I think so. I think Zuzi is going to be in. I think Ikapara, his price is still to where um, he's somebody. I think you have to give strong consideration to. Mm-hmm finally starting around the corner and and be that defender that we've seen in the past that's able to just rack up bonus points and in addition to that he's got a good shot at the clean sheet so I think those two are probably going to be it for me I mean Beasler's right there I think he could he could outscore Ike Opar any given game but I think I lean Ike just uh, a little bit there um, after that I think Victor Cabrera from Montreal he's just he's still racking up bonus points um, left and right and you know, LAFC, they've got a potent attack, so I'm not really counting on a clean sheet there. But, <laughs> I mean, the guy's getting probably five or six bonus points just out the gate, I think. And I feel like he's six, seven points in this spot here, I think, is reasonable. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I just, it just feels like a play that you just can lock in and 
lock in six or seven bonus points for me. So he doesn't he doesn't really have an attacking upside, so to speak, but the bonus point potential is what I'm locking in on there. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, speaking of Kansas City, I'm looking at – I had a para, and then it was like if I couldn't afford a para, I was like maybe I'll get lucky with the random Sinovich start or something like that, even though Madronda has been great and he's not a defender. And it's like that's that's what happens when you don't have the salary. <laughs> You're just like begging for get certain guys to up. start. Yeah, you got to get some of those plays in there that'll that you know you're getting the five hundred thousand dollar max increase, right? Which is tough for you because I mean, obviously, first and foremost, you want to get the points. Yeah, I mean that's what we're we're not trying to see where we finish at the end of the season and and uh, and uh, salary. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So you know you want to focus on points first, and then after that, you're kind of scraping the barrel for some guys that you know might get that increase it's, it's tough but yeah i mean it's something that you got to be mindful of this season yeah for a few weeks i was definitely i don't want to say that was my priority but it basically was of trying to get as many like raise the value as much as i could i had one really bad week i think it was week two that just crushed me like i haven't been able to recover from that week yet that's why i'm so far behind but last week was the first one where i'm like you know what i gotta focus on points the salaries, like, I, I can't worry too much about it. If it, I basically now look at it as a tiebreaker, that if there are right. two guys I look that I look basically are similar, and I say, all right, who do I think will have, you know, who's had the better th- last three games, which is kind of where I feel like most of the the emphasis is now. Last five is obviously another one as well, but right, it's more of a at least the way I have to play it now. Like I, I got to make up the points, and so I end up doing. You know, you have to be a little more aggressive in certain spots, which, and then you end up with guys like Tola. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I think, you know, I think if you're looking at it like that, then yeah, you get the points first. And then if it comes down to where you've got a couple of spots, I mean, I guess a lot of it figures into a, a switcheroo or otteroo situation right. too, where you can't necessarily stick a guy on the bench hoping you get a price increase if you're, you're rolling with that too. So, it's just a tricky situation all the way around, especially if you're working with limited bankroll. But I don't know. It would be, it would be cool to see a standings or something like an overall leaderboard on who has the most bankroll. I think yeah. it'd be fun to fun to watch and keep up with. But again, <laughs> we're we're not really you're not w- going to win a prize for finishing with the most salary. So right, right. You don't want more points. I mean, more salary than points. So right. Um. So it looks like uh, you have. Uh, Milton Valenzuela fourth, um, but you have kind of some, some Dallas guys after that. Like looking at clean sheets, it seems like Kansas City is the obvious one. But yeah, Dallas uh, home against uh, Philadelphia and Columbus home against the Revs are kind of in that next batch. Um, do you think you'd find yourself like? Do you prefer to spread out your defensive exposure, or would you like? Would you rather take? three or let's call it two Kansas city guys or kind of spread it out with the Kansas city Columbus or, you know, Matt hedges or someone like that. Yeah. I think the way I'm looking at it this week is that I'm probably going to have Zussi Opara. I just, I think the price is too good to pass up. And I think he might even be a, a switcheroo or otteroo option. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to stick him on the bench since he plays Friday night, then see what happens against Vancouver. Yeah. And if everything works out, you know, stick a uh, a player that's not going to be playing an, an active player in your starting lineup. He'll auto sub in at the end of the round. He's probably 
probably a prime candidate for that this week. So I'm probably going to work it like that with the Kansas City options after that. I mentioned Victor Cabrera. I think he's a safe play if we want to go that route. I think Milton Valenzuela is kind of in the same mold as Zussi. Like he doesn't have set pieces, but he's still that type of defender that's going to be getting forward, darting down the wing, getting into the box, and and has that potential for a goal or an assist. Um, same with Ned, Ned Yelkov from Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, he's shown some attacking flair too. So I think those two, you know, if, if you want more attacking firepower in your lineup, then I think that's that's where you can go. And then after that, then, yeah, I mean, I might, if I'm looking at a clean sheet, I might try to look at a guy like uh, uh, Hedges. I mean, I think Dallas has a good matchup at home against Philly. Philly's attack just hasn't looked good no. over the past couple of weeks. So, um Hedges is usually a pretty safe play. I think, uh, you know, Tim Parker from from the Red Bulls. I think New York's in a pretty good spot at home against Chicago, too. So if you're clean sheet chasing, I mean, I think you can go with any of those big center back targets that are probably going to get some bonus points, too. I mean, Chad Marshall's in the conversation. Um, Jonathan Mensah, they even throw out there. So I think any of those guys, if you want to chase a clean sheet, you can go that route, but... You know, for me, I'm always, I think I'm always overloading a little bit more on the attacking firepower. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Other than Cabrera. <laughs> other than, yeah, other than Cabrera. It just feels like Cabrera is such a safe, like, six, seven points. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, for some people, then that might not be good enough. He might want to shoot for, uh, you know, nine or ten points. Yeah. But it feels like if he can lock it in, I just, I love it as a safe play. He'll get plenty like... of opportunities against LAFC. <laughs> Yes, for sure. And I, I, I mean, I keep we keep going back to Tolo, but he's four point three, and just as part of a Seattle squad going up against Minnesota, that I mean, I think they're going to put some goals up against Minnesota. So I don't know. I like Tolo a lot. I mean, I know we we're kind of joking about him just being a cheap play to throw out there, but I liked what I saw this past weekend, and for four point three million. Um, I want to find a way to maybe use him, whether mm-hmm. it be just as part of an Otteru situation or if he ends up in my lineup. But he's he's probably one of the better value plays, I think, this week. Yeah, on the plus side, if he has a horrible game, he can't even go more than 300,000 pounds. <laughs> yeah, so. that's right. He got a nice hedge there. Yep. Uh, safe to assume that Melia is going to be the most popular Keeperu choice. Yeah, I actually wrote that up on my rankings for MLSsoccer.com. He's think that you've got to throw that out there this week put him on the bench um he plays friday night so kind of like with opara if he gets gets the clean sheet points and everything goes according to plan you leave him in or you leave him on your bench and swap out your keeper for somebody that's not playing yep dc united are the only by week by team this week right yeah throwing a dc keeper Uh, if he has a bad game then yeah you have a that option to switch your actual starter out um for me i think chris seitz is in a good spot against a toronto team that's probably gonna be resting Jivinko, josie all the big names right right, right. everybody you've heard of <laughs> yeah i mean just like we saw last week they they threw out a you know b squad i guess you could say i mean they left <laughs> a lot of their big names out there were still some some decent some bigger names i guess you could say in there but as far as their attack goes i think seitz is in a pretty good spot at mm-hmm. home uh, Luis Robles at home to Chicago, which Chicago looked pretty bad last weekend too. And then Jimmy Marr has been pretty well in between the sticks for Dallas. So, sure has been, yeah. Um, 
you know, I like Fry at home against Minnesota too. I mean, I'm I'm all over the home keepers this week. JD would be loving it. I haven't looked at his keeper <laughs> rankings yet, but I imagine he probably has has an away keeper or two in there. Um, no, his he only has two, and they're ninth and tenth. So okay, that's fair. Yeah, he uh, he's the home the home homer this week. Oh well. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Okay, let's move up to midfield. Um, we kind of mentioned that you guys were similar in um, in midfield. You both have Ladero first. Um, I'm still ruining my decision not to have him. Uh, but the big, yeah, the big difference. I wish JD was here to to stick up for himself. But you have um, Romain Alessandrini second, and he has him all the way down at 13th. Um, clearly scared of the Atlanta. Uh, United defense and the one that like you, you it seemed based on your rankings that you expect that game to actually be pretty high scoring because you have Almiron third as does mm-hmm. JD yeah I think on the Alessandrini front I think JD would probably say he ranked him down a little bit based on maybe being a little hesitant on his minutes mm-hmm. um, he came off I think 66th minute this past weekend so I think LA is still treating him a little bit with with caution, which, you know, is understandable. I just feel like if he does start this one again, and even if he gets 70, 80 minutes, I mean, for me, he's just the type of guy that can, can go off for a pretty massive score that is hard to catch up on. I mean, he's, he's in the same line of like the Miguel Amarones, uh, Diego Valeri's like, those are the guys that I think that can just go off any given game. And yeah, I mean, I think I do think this game has the potential to shoot out. I mean, it's going to be marquee matchup. Everybody's waiting to see what was what Zlatan is going to do next. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Atlanta's got their firepower too, so it could be one of those games that they're going blow for blow. And I think if that's the case, and you're want, you're going to want to have exposure to it, and Alessandrini at home, you know, building that partnership with Ibrahimovic. I mean, yeah, it's it's yet to be seen exactly how it plays out, but I mean, I think good things are are to come right i mean they're two elite players i'm sure they can right. they'll be able to figure it out right um piatti's pretty looks pretty good um obviously talking about the other la team <clears throat> we expect i mean you kind of expect lafc to come out with a pretty good attack but as long as piatti's around would you say he's the best option from this game or do you have like vela or oh vela is probably the only one who would be ahead of him uh, Victor Cabrera. <laughs> 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 we won't go there. No, it's uh, it's Velo for me, and then after that, Piotti. I I love Piotti just based on the fact that they're probably gonna have to score some goals to keep the game competitive. Yeah. I don't see Montreal keeping LAFC off the score sheet, and then, you know, from there, then it's pretty simple. Piotti drives Montreal's attack. Other than him, I just maybe Jason Vargas is. In consideration, but other than Piotti, like who's going to get it done for Montreal? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like that. Um, I keep going back. Like he's is he the third most or fourth most expensive midfielder now? It's not, he's actually not that priced so crazily at eleven two. Um, but the guy that um, I want to switch to now because it seemed like they were always we were always going back and forth of which one you wanted was either Piotti or playing on Sunday is uh, Diego Valeri, who is still like one of the cheapest elite options playing against New York City, who 
you know, defensively are good, but they also just gave up two goals at Atlanta and now have to go all the way to Portland. Um, do you think, like, would you be, are you looking to start like those, your top five midfielders, which would be Ladero, Alessandrini, Almiron, Piatti, and Valeri? Or is there like a drop off somewhere amongst that group? Yeah, I think it's probably going to depend on just how everything plays out, you know, with the switcheroo options and whatnot. You know, for me, I end up, my midfield changed two or three times this past <laughs> week. So yeah. um, with that rolling transfers, and especially like you said on DGW, that really helped. I think that was the first time we, we really saw how helpful having that rolling transfers option was. But um, yeah, it's just going to kind of depend on how everything plays out as the week progresses. Um, for me, I think, Ladero and Alessandrini are locked in. Almarone probably probably right there with them. Um, and then after that, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think there's a drop off to where I'm going to have to make that decision. Which you know, which do I want to take a risk with some of these guys, or um, I feel like you know maybe a guy like uh, Rusnak or you know I know Plata hasn't started the past couple of games. He's dealing with some niggling injuries or whatnot, but I feel like he's he could be a potential sleeper. So. I don't know being 200th somewhere around there in the overall standings i'm gonna have to take some risks at some point so mm-hmm. um in a game where there's no dgw's not a lot of buys and i feel like this might be one of those weeks so i'd say maybe after my top three then i might start shuffling some things around and, and might try to try to uh sneak in a, a differential play if you will sure sure uh yeah you have plata 16th um jd unsurprisingly did not rank him um Rusnak, I think you guys have around the same spot. Uh, you're at seven, he's at nine, so nothing too crazy. Uh, the one group that uh, I feel like I was looking at or giving a little longer look to was Columbus, home against the Revs. Um, neither of you, or actually JD ranked Diego Fagundes fairly highly at, at 12, which was ahead of Pedro Santos but behind Higuain. Um, how do you think... Like, do you think people will play them this week? Like, I was looking at Santos only because he's, I mean, he's 7.8. He had a pretty good game last weekend, although maybe I'm a little skewed by the the good uh, DraftKings game. But he took, I think it was six shots and uh, 10 or 11 crosses. Like, it seemed like that was like the Pedro Santos like we've been waiting for. And I'm going to, I'm sure that I'm going to convince myself that, like, it's going to keep going home against New England this weekend. No, he looked great. Um, it's difficult for me when I have to decide between him or Iguain. I think Iguain's giving you the set piece upside and probably penalties. I'm not sure. Have they had a penalty yet? Was it him or Zardes on it? Uh, I'm not even sure. I but I think for me, then that's probably what separates those two. It does feel like Santos has been a little bit more involved in the attack this season, almost kind of like the, the Valeri Blanco situation. Yeah. Like it feels like we're finally starting to see him emerge a little bit more um so i like them both uh i don't know if i'm gonna end up playing them though i just it feels like after those top three if i'm looking at two other players i don't know i mean Iguain's been too quiet for my liking recently to <laughs> just kind of throw him out there and see if he picks it back up and it's a good matchup for him at home so i could totally see either of those players having a good game i'm just i'm hesitant on both i think with Iguain because he has been a little quiet lately. And then with Santos, you just kind of never know what you're going to get that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So mm-hmm. makes sense. 
Um, um, as far as Fagundes go, like, yeah, he's he's pretty much been driving the the Revs attack. I love what uh, I think we've heard some Friedel and Lee Wynn quotes recently, yeah. and basically it sounds like Friedel's saying, like, look, let's stop talking about Lee Wynn and start talking about Fagundes because mm-hmm. he's, he's been pretty stellar this season. So um, I like him. I just in a deep midfield pool this week, then he's hovering right around, right around 20th for me, and I don't think he's going to make his way into my lineup. Mm-hmm. Okay, makes sense. Um, one guy that we, well, you mentioned, uh, Almiron who has a, like somewhat of a tough matchup. I mean, they, the galaxy haven't been like a defensive defensive fortress by any means. Um, but one guy that we, uh, were talking about earlier off the pod about expected lineups was Ezekiel Barco who, um, played last weekend. We're not sure. Like, who knows if he's going to start? Um, but if you knew he was going to play 90 minutes, where does he fit into your rankings? I think once he gets integrated, then I think he's going to be top pushing top 10 probably week in and week out. But right now we just don't know. Um, they play in one of the last – well, they do play in the last game on yeah. Saturday, one of the last games of the week. So I don't know. For me, I'm just I'm still kind of taking that wait and see approach with Barco. But mm-hmm. yeah, once he once he gets going, then he's going to be up there top ten, um, from what I've heard and what I've seen just in some of the highlights. Yeah, he seems like. Like, do you put him? Do you think he just ends up kind of on the same plane that we had Assad when he was there last year, or do you think he's going to end up being better? Um, I don't know. I feel like he's going to be a little bit more involved and. You know, I'm not I'm not going to start speculating what happens with Almiron this season, but I mean, as good as he's been, wouldn't be surprised to see him, um, you know, being targeted by another club and mm-hmm. potentially moving at some point this season yep. is not out of the possibility. So I think if that happens, that could open up a ton for for a guy like Barco. Mm. Like, I mean, obviously, yeah, obviously different uh, different types of players, but I mean, if you're talking about a guy like Almiron, that's pretty much driving the Atlanta attack, then they're going to have to get something from somewhere else. So sure. something, to, something to keep an eye on as the season goes on. But, yeah, I can't wait to see how they fit them in and just how that attack works. I mean, they've got so much attacking fire. That's crazy. It's nuts. <laughs> yeah, he took a corner at one point during the New York City game when he came on, and I thought to myself, I wonder if that's going to be like a a role that he has now, if he's going to, you know, because they, they also have like a bunch of guys who take, set pieces at least corners so because we see Kratz takes a few when he's starting um Almarone obviously grabs a few and then if Barco kind of comes in to to mess or add his name to the list you know it just becomes a little cloudier right yeah, yeah. we'll see I mean something to watch especially for all the DFS listeners out there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um Another one that I wanted to touch on because uh, we mentioned the Red Bulls a little bit with their matchup against Chicago. Um, <clears throat> is your 11th ranking of Kaku um, because we're, that's where you think he is, or is it kind of a playing time issue as well? Because he's—I don't think—has he played 90 yet for them? Yeah, I think with Kaku, I mean, we're just just seeing him get integrated with a new attack. So most of the time, with any player coming over to a new league, especially MLS, it feels like—I mean, unless you're uh, Zlatan or. <laughs> <laughs> whatnot then it's, it takes a little bit of time um to get going but we saw him score a nice goal this past weekend and he took i think he took ma- majority of corner kicks and set pieces for him so it just feels like he's adjusting to that role a little bit more and maybe getting to be a little bit more involved so 
I don't know. I mean, I think he could be pushing up higher than top 10 at some point, but right now I, I still want to see a little bit more. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, JD has him at five, which when I saw that felt a little aggressive. You have Valeri at five, and he has Valeri down at 11. And I feel like if JD is usually much more uh, optimistic on Valeri, although not as much this season. Um, so I'm not sure how to read that yet other than his own his own rankings. Um, JD has Sasha Kledged in second, which you have wow. an eighth. Both of you seem out. It just seems outrageous to me. Um, mostly, I mean, I guess I'm. I have gotten very uh, used to seeing Orlando struggle, and then I. It's almost like I turn it off, and then they they storm back. And so maybe I just haven't seen enough good Orlando. But even home against San Jose, um, I feel like it's just not a situation that I'm like jumping to get into. JD, I'm sure will say, have some great stats about how many expected assists Kledgen should have by or has by now but <laughs> I don't know I don't I can't buy into Kledgen wow. on this week with Ladero, Alessandrini, Almarone, Piatti and Valeri with like and that, that not even that almost ignores like Mauro Diaz has a really good matchup home against Philly you mentioned Rusnak like there's so many good midfield matchups this week that I almost feel like I'm wasting a spot on Kledgen yeah, I'm surprised to see JD have him that high. Um, I mean, he is. They've Orlando's done a good job of getting the the results. I think they've won what three in a row. Yeah, and Kleshin's been a big part of that. But ah, I just don't know. Yeah, it <laughs> feels like up there at the top, top five. Then it's hard to to work him in. I think he he makes a case for top five. But for me, I think second is a little bit of a stretch. Mm-hmm. I mean. You know, I guess when you say Alessandrini or Clushton, like it just Alessandrini kind of rolls off the tongue as a top one of the top plays mm-hmm. for me a little bit more than Clushton does. Um, but no, I mean they're back at home. Um, I mean it's not a bad matchup. I don't want to say that. Like yeah, like I'm not. I get it. De- yeah, it's definitely not a bad matchup. I just think second might be a little bit of a stretch for Clushton, but. Um, I do actually like uh, a value play out of Orlando City's midfield. I think he's probably actually more more of a uh, forward, I guess you could say, is Chris Mueller. Yeah. Um, he's scored a couple of goals recently. He's 4.5, so I think you can use him as a potential switcheroo option, um, save some cash with him and see what happens. Um, I'd probably go, I would probably go there before I went with question, but... <laughs> Um, if you, you were know, thinking, I, I, if you were thinking Kledgeton, but it was too expensive, would you rather go all the way down to uh, Mueller or eight point nine for Yoshi? Seems reasonable. Yeah, I think Mueller is more of a just not a dart throw, but more of just like you know he's he's, he's a dart so throw. Che- yeah, he's so <laughs> yeah he is a dart throw. He's so cheap <laughs> and he could get you a, a goal or two, but I don't know. He uh, he could also end up with two points and. Mm-hmm. That's a, I think a guy like Yoshi, you're looking at getting some bonus points from. I think maybe five or six points is safe if he doesn't, if he doesn't do anything else beyond that. But he's been get, he's been pretty active on both sides. So um, I like Yoshi as a sleeper. I mean, I feel like he's going overlooked this season just because of, of his role. Um, but I think he's a player with with pretty good fantasy potential. So yeah, I think it's a great probably, point that people are kind of overlooking him because they're like, oh, it's clutched in and. Uh, Dwyer and Miram and right. Yoshi might yeah. be the most consistent in the whole group. Yeah, he's he's consistent. 
just in terms of just raw points. Um, but as far as like just taking a shot in the dark, then I got like Mueller for the value. I think is worth it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, all right, let's move to forwards because that's where everybody gets their points, or at least their upside points. Um, JD last week was basically giving us crap for talking about Zlatan Ibrahimovic because there was no way he was going to start at Chicago. He started, he scored. Um, it wasn't enough to keep his salary up. He actually had a salary drop, which is just classic FMLS this year. But um, JD has Zlatan seventh um, this week, kind of expecting him to start, I assume, home against um, – uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, home against Atlanta, and you have him number one. Number yeah, one, he's, he's up there. Hey, before we uh, before we dig into why he's number one, we gotta we gotta rib JD a little bit after his hot take. <laughs> That's a good foe, Yeah, no no chance that Zlatan starts, then he ends up in JD's lineup. Right last there. Week. It's funny how that works. Yeah, he said. Um, yeah, when he saw the the fire lineup, he switched from Nikolic to Ibrahimovic. Which really is the move I should have done and didn't even I didn't even really consider it. Um but yeah, not only that and then J D moved I think he's is he top forty now? Yeah, well I think top fifty. I think he said there was a score correction that bumped oh, that's him down right. a little that's bit, right. but still pretty right. strong start for him. Right. So moving up in points thanks to Zlatan, but Yeah, comes no, on the podcast and puts do. him on blast. <laughs> No, nah, yeah, hey, for me, I, I just it's the kind of thing where Zlatan's, um, he got his first start, he went 80 minutes, scored a goal, I think he ended up with four shots, and uh, it just kind of sets everything all up for his debut at home, or first start at Started home. home, yeah. Um, pretty high-profile matchup with Atlanta United, and like I said earlier with Alessandrini, I could see it shooting out to where you know, it ends up 2-2 or something like that, and you're going to want to have exposure to Zlatan. I mean, it's it, it almost feels like it's a, uh, it's just a circus right now with, yeah. with him. Like, so many people w- watching to see what his next move is. I mean, it feels like we're at a zoo, like, watching to see what he's going to do next. So, um, for me, I just I feel like the opportunities are going to be flowing for him, and I don't know. I don't want to be left without uh, two or three goals Zlatan, I think, and it feels like this – this could be one of those weeks. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. Um, before, I have a few other questions on some other guys, but I want to focus on Houston right now because uh, we mentioned them before. They, you know, they're playing possibly playing against a Toronto B side, which is kind of expected after last night's Champions League game and then the return leg coming up. So that JD was very aggressive on that. He has uh, Elise first and Mauro Minota sixth among forwards uh, you are not as aggressive I mean at least fifth which theoretically takes him out of most fantasy lineups if you're just going on because you can only play three um, but you have Minota 16th which feels really low to me but um, do you not like what is it about Minotas that you don't like that pushes him all the way down just that he's kind of plays second fiddle to Elise. I mean, that's really it for me. Like, I like him. I like the matchup at home against a Toronto team that's probably going to be without uh, a bunch of regular starters. Um, you know, I'm, I don't know. I, I guess ideally then if he was the go-to guy for Houston, then he would be up there where Elise is. But that's why Elise is where he's at because he's, he's the one that's been yeah. producing. And 
I struggled with, you know, when I was ranking him, I, I think he was up as high as three for me at one point. And I think I eventually just said, I, I, I just don't know how I can put him above the firepower that Vela and Villa bring. Yep. And I mean, they're all three, I'd say right there. Even Joseph Martinez is right there with them. I'd say after that, there's a little a little bit of a drop off. But no, that's it for me. I mean, just that Minotis, uh, I guess, is it plays second fiddle to, to Elise. But yeah, he's in a good spot, too. I think if you're picking one from that game, though, then it's got to be Elise. Yeah. Yeah, it feels that way. Um, <clears throat> the So you have Vela pretty high, which I think is totally understandable. Uh, trickling down a little bit, we get to Clint Dempsey, who is finally back from his suspension. Um, home against Minnesota is a pretty ideal matchup, but I, I I guess I just don't see any way that Dempsey makes it into a lineup. Like even if you are looking for like a cheaper forward, yeah, I was gonna say nine nine million. Like that's a really good price yeah. for probably somebody they're gonna be looking to for production just with the way that their attack's been lately. I mean, they've had, they've been relying on Will Bruin, <laughs> Will Bruin to do the job when right. he's, he's not been doing bad, but still they, they need a spark. And I think nine million is a pretty good price. Like he, he could be one of those good differential plays this week that you go to instead of a guy like, uh, uh Joseph Martinez or, mm-hmm. or Vela. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's tricky, but you got to think, I mean, he's been sitting on the sidelines for, yeah, I mean, over a month, I'd say. It seems like and, it, yeah. I mean, he's going to be fresh. He's got a good matchup at home. Uh, I mean, you got to think he might come in with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder after that late, late uh, disco committee ruling last week. So, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm isn't the chip on the shoulder what week. got him in trouble in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> yes, something like that. I feel like, uh, again, because I have to consider price, I'm like you and JD, uh, I feel like Rudy... And even Zardis, and I don't even really like playing Zardis, but Rudy Zardis, um, probably not Ola Kamara, but maybe Ola Kamara. Like, I feel like I would look at those guys before Dempsey just because maybe I'm just waiting for Dempsey to get sent off again. <laughs> That's reasonable. I just, I, I think for me, everything's lining up for Dempsey. Just like we said earlier, just with Seattle needing a little bit more punch in their attack and playing at home, Dempsey coming off the long rest, like, I don't know, and it feels like a Rudy, like yeah, he's getting some opportunities, but it feels like he's he just hasn't been getting it done recently. Um, Zardes, I mean, he's still getting chances, so I like that play, but I don't know, it's it's close for me, but I'll lean Dempsey slightly, I guess, based on all the factors that we that I mentioned. Yeah, it seems like Dallas, like the only game that Dallas has scored more than one goal in was the Dempsey red card game. And, like, I want to th- – a Rudy, like, jumps out at me this week, not for any reason other than he's 7.7 and he's home against Philly. Like, right. y- you could almost give me anybody <laughs> in that situation, and I'd be like, yeah, I would definitely consider that. Right, um, home against the Philly team that just lost, or that just, uh, lost 2-0 at home to Orlando. So. Right, right. It's um, like they're they're going to they're gonna have some chances. So, yeah, I mean, I'd, I see where you're going with a Rudy, and I actually think – Christian Coleman, if he starts again, I mean, he hasn't been, he just hasn't been great. He hasn't no. been what Dallas brought him and brought him in for, which is scoring goals. He's missing clear cut chances, but the thing is that he's actually getting chances. So sure. if he starts putting some of those away for 5.5 million, 
Like that's, I think it's a strong value. Um, obviously, it hinges on if he starts again. He, I think he went 90 minutes this last week, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I almost might might be willing to roll him out and uh, switch Rue before I have a Rudy in. It just I mean, feels, it's a yeah. it's a shot in the dark, but yeah, right. it, uh, I, I don't feel good about. I wouldn't feel great about it, but I think if you want that value forward, I think that's one that you could look at. Yep, yep, yeah. The Dallas seems like a team that has guys who can score, but they're going to go this entire season. They're going to win a ton of games, and you're going to look down. They're like they're averaging like literally one goal a game or like one point two, <laughs> and you're just yeah. like teams that scored that few goals shouldn't be winning as much but it just seems like that's how dallas is going to play this year and i don't know if it's because that's how they're playing or like they're specifically like they're not going to like blast everybody or they're just not finishing and they they might erupt at some point like dallas not that we have like good reads on every team but like dallas is a weird one only because like they're getting results but they're not really scoring that much and so going with a guy like a rudy it almost feels like going with him this week is less about whether you want to spend seven seven on Dallas's forward and like do you want to use the roster spot on somebody like that? Right. Yeah. It's kind of like you're taking a roll of the dice, just even saying, are, are Dallas going to get back on track? Are that do they have the potential to score a couple of goals here? And I think they do. I mean, at that point, then I think Arudi is probably going to be the guy to target. But like you said, I just it, it doesn't feel like a safe play at this point. Right. Yeah. Not that he ever felt safe, but like, <laughs> yeah, he's always a little bit of a risk. Yeah, and that's that's and just the way that the rest of the team's playing is why I'm not like thrilled about Maro Diaz. Like he's very good. If they win four nothing, like nobody's going to be shocked. You're like, oh, that's the Dallas team we've all been waiting for. But they could win one nothing, get a goal from who knows who Hedges. Coleman. Even. Yeah, <laughs> right, Coleman. And they're like, no, they they feel great. And they're like, yeah, we got the three points, and like that's all we care about. And it's like, well, right. I don't care about that. Yeah, we put the ball in the, the net. Points. Right. Oh. Um, and you both love VWP this week. Unsurprisingly, I think he might be locked into my lineup. It just seems like yeah. forward has a lot of great players, and like I've been playing three forwards most most of this season, which is another reason I'm so far behind. Um, but it seems like this week, like, I can't tell if this is the week to do that because so many guys have so such good matchups, but like if Ford doesn't score, like you get nothing basically. So maybe this is the week to go a little off the board. I, I don't know. But BWP seems like a pretty easy pick. He's just been so good yeah. to start the season and he's been not just getting the goals, but he's had a couple of assists already. Yeah. He had a nice assist on Kaku's goal where he just, you know, attack the end line and cut it back and, and played him back into the box. And, I didn't even know he could do that. Uh, yeah. It's like, he's shown a little bit, a little bit of playmaking ability mm-hmm. all of a sudden, which is nice to see, especially for fantasy purposes. Kledgeton was holding him back. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and so that's the new question for the Red Bulls. That's right. um, <laughs> so he's 9.9 million, which just feels too cheap for what he's been doing so mm-hmm. far this season. And I think his average is, is lower than it actually should be because he's had a couple of games where he's only logged 15, 18, yeah. 26 minutes. Yeah, they and he's to... still, yeah, he's still averaging seven fantasy points a game. So uh, he he's just been too good to ignore right now for me, and his price is right there. So I think he's in. Um, for me, I think him and Zlatan are in my lineup. After that, then I'm gonna have to 
you know, I, I think I've, I know I've got Vela and Via ranked four, three and four, but I really do like Elise um, as that third forward option this week. I think he has the potential for a huge game. Those are the three that I have in my lineup right now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's probably going to be a pretty popular setup this week. Yeah, really what I need to do is be better at switcherooing with a forward. Like, I never have a forward in the switcheroo. Right. Because it's just going to kill me when, like, if somebody else goes off and I'm like, oh, I should have just started all three and then I would have gotten whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, I've been having a hard time getting that right, too. I actually had BWP as my uh, substitute last weekend, and he he got me the points, so I think I had uh, Wild from Atlanta in as my, as yeah. my starting forward for the switcheroo. <laughs> and I ended up with Nikolic as my other forward, which – was not helpful. So, right. you know, if I can, if I can get that right, then I feel like I'll, I'll be making moves, uh, climbing that ladder, but it just, yeah, it, it feels like there's so many moving parts when you're factoring in the auto ruse and switch ruse and keep ruse. Like you really got to be on top of it throughout the weekend uh, right. to get it just right. Yeah. Yeah. Just what we all asked for. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, if anybody has any follow questions for Skylar, you can find them on Twitter at draft kicks. Uh, he's also available in the Rotowire Slack chat, which is open for all subscribers. You can find his rankings over at MLSsoccer.com, usually right on the front page, uh, although they're not there yet. But uh, they will be up. And then JDs that we were referencing throughout are already on Rotowire.com slash soccer. So, Skylar, thank you for all that, and good luck this weekend. Good luck, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.